0: Hello and welcome to the Oscar Went 2, the podcast that looks back at a year in film and sees what films endured, what films didn't, and attempts to figure out why. Please, give it up for your Masters of Ceremony, Max Salim and Nick Mastad. I feel like the, the the well the podcast audience will will be aware of this one, but I feel like oftentimes like scheduling an episode release, it's often it can be very different for us the hosts to like the uh, otherwise the out, outside listeners. Um, but there has been a, they know this one because there has been a gap. It's been a, it's been a while. It's been a second. Life has happened, and it's uh, really friggin' good to see you, bro. Likewise, likewise,
1: yeah. It's been a. Uh, I, I feel bad because I. I'm sure our last episode was like, and we'll see you next week with, uh, the Mm -hmm. sandlot. And then we just Mm -hmm. disappeared for like four months. It's been tough. Mysterious. It's been tough to find time. I've been, um, super guilty of, of the, of initiating and creating this hiatus, but I'm happy to be back.
0: Yeah. Likewise. Um, I mean, uh, life update last We talked, I believe. You, wait no 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 last we talked you had had the baby I, in my yep. head up until this point i was thinking this is the first podcast we were doing uh since the baby had been born but no okay We've
1: done one i think
0: right right yeah okay okay cool <laughs> i was i was expecting like we we're gonna do this type like, big update but our first but
1: no. uh yeah so no, no no big update except uh having a kid it's really um it's cool it's time-consuming you know, and carving mm-hmm. out movie watching okay. and, and podcasting time uh, in those mm-hmm. first weeks was difficult. But I'm rearing sure. to go. Also, I think our final episode that has been released—not the final one we've recorded, but has been released—is Toy Story Three. Um, yes, which was kind of dark too. So maybe people thought we just hung it up after going into the <laughs> the depths of that uh, garbage incinerator and and getting really dark. Oh man, and we
0: just. Oh man. We just uh, hung them it, up. It was a nice nice climax to like kind of leave it on for a couple months. <laughs> it was definitely uh a, a, a notable episode, at least from my perspective. Um well cool. Well, needless to say, great to see you. Excited to jump in. We are in the Halloween season, uh, and uh we have a uh absolute all time classic film to deep dive into to recognize the holiday. So I'll just get into it without further Adieu, hello, and welcome to the Oscar Went To this week as a supplement to our nothing episode. It's a special Spooky one-off episode. episode. Ooh, we're getting our scuba gear on, dressing up as scuba, scuba divers uh, for Halloween and doing a deep dive into the 1999 hit film, The Sixth Sense, written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. I'm Nick Mestad. And I'm Max Salim. On this podcast, we like to look back at a year in film and decide what has aged well and what hasn't and try to figure out why. If that sounds interesting to you, jump back a few episodes and just listen to kind of what our whole general thing is. If you don't want to do that and you're just listening to this episode, welcome. We think you'll enjoy it. Uh, And then after our recap, we typically uh, we like to jump into the depths and take a closer look at some of the films that piqued our interest from that given year. A quick disclaimer, our deep dive episodes are no holds barred, and we will absolutely be into spoiler territory. This is uh, one of the all-time classic spoiler movies. Uh, so if you have never seen The Sixth Sense, uh, and you somehow have never heard of The, s- the Spoiler either, uh, we recommend you see The Sixth Sense and then listen to this episode. Uh, all right, I'm jealous of you. If you've ado, never
1: seen The Sixth Sense and you don't know what happened, yeah. I'm jealous of you. And I, th- I found myself thinking about that a lot. Like, where I really enjoyed this rewatch but many times I was mm-hmm. like fuck I wish I could see this for the first time again yes because as yes. a 12 year old at the Grandview Theater in, in in St. Paul, Minnesota I was fucking
0: mm-hmm. floored by this movie oh man okay the fact that you're like referencing seeing this movie in theaters like is um is like I'm like so fucking jealous of that because I did not I did not see this movie like I saw this movie uh, 10 years after it came out oh wow like, not even t- like, like like five six years after it came out um wasn't a big scary movie guy um okay before already so just to kind of set this set the table a little bit for this movie uh six cents uh it came out on august 6 1999 uh it may uh it has a rotten tomatoes of 86 percent uh metacritic at 64 percent 8.1 out of ten on IMDb, um, it's written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, it is, I mean, one of the classic films of uh, the crazy year that was 1999. One of the classic films of the 90s. One of, I mean, it's a it's a classic movie of all time uh, for sure. I feel like once this movie came out, it was uh, pretty quickly part of the cultural fabric, oft referenced, oft parodied. Uh, like I would say, like Titanic level uh, success for this movie. Um, it was made on a budget of $40 million. It made $672.8 million. Uh, the Sixth cents. Let's get into it. So you saw it at the Grandview Theater. So you saw it like, I mean, we're talking like, like, you know, weeks Right, I mean, right as it came out,
1: I yeah, I, I, I guess so. I don't remember exactly when it came out in August, and I feel like maybe it was a little bit folly when I saw it. So maybe a month after it came mm-hmm. out or something, but okay. um, yeah, I mean, sort of the perfect movie for, for what the theme of our podcast is because I feel like uh, time has not necessarily been kind to this film, uh, and that hmm. is unwarranted, undeserved. Uh, I feel like Hmm. it's been sort of parodied or or M. Night Shyamalan's career itself has um, put a little bit of stink on this film. But when you go and Mm rewatch it, it's
0: really, really solid. Absolutely. Absolutely. All I mean, all these topics are very juicy. So walk us through you. you, you, So you you, you saw who'd you see it with? I saw it with my dad. Great. Okay, And and. And you were, God, you were unaware of the spoiler at the time you saw it. Of course, you were aware of the spoiler the first time you saw it. Yes. Okay. I mean, I was. It was. It was six. I mean, truly, six, seven years after it came out, I rented it uh, from Blockbuster with my then girlfriend uh, as sort of like a Halloween, you know, movie night. And yeah, I mean, because the movie, I mean, like truly, it was like the type of thing where it's like. It, 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 not long after the movie, I want to say there were just like the type of thing where it's like the cultural level of like, there are like Simpsons t-shirts, you know, where it's like Bart saying like, I see dead people. Like it was like, I see dead people was like, I, I, I mean, like it meant nothing after like a year after this movie came out. Cause it was so, it was just everywhere. It was truly everywhere. Um, yeah, so I had, like, known everything. I was not into scary movies at the time. I didn't get into scary movies really until college. So at the time I even saw this in high school, I was I was kind of, like, trepidatious about even seeing it because I just, like, I, I didn't like jump scares. I didn't like scary movies. And um, when I first saw this, I remember, like, kind of liking it, but it wasn't until I re-watched this movie two years ago. Uh, like, it was, like, around Halloween time, and I just, like, was like, I, I want to watch a scary movie, Six Senses on Netflix, and I watched it. And I'm not lying to you when I say I sobbed at this movie when I rewatched it two years ago. It was like, I was like, it was like watching it for the first time. Cause I was just like, I, yeah, you know, it, and there are parallels to Titanic with this movie already made. Uh, this is a, another one where I just feel like because of the cultural level that this, the, the stratosphere that this, what this movie was, parody to dust, you truly, it just becomes like a reference point and kind of a parody it just it means nothing because it's just re- referenced a million times to go back to the source material and actually watch the thing you're reminded why it was so successful and it's because it's this transcendent great all-time story and um i was just moved completely like so deeply by it 2 years ago that i've like since been uh, like anytime it comes up in conversation, I'm the person that's just like, you have to rewatch Six Sense, you have to watch Six Sense. It's really so good. It holds up so well. There's a reason it's a classic movie. Like totally, uh, and, yeah.
1: And I feel like um, in the 20 plus years since it's been released, it's sort of remembered as a gimmick movie. Yep. I yep. don't want to. I don't want to call this. I don't throw the word masterpiece around very much. So i, I mm-hmm. and I won't and I won't throw that word. Uh, in with sixth sense but it is a complete film in a lot of ways yes. like where the yeah. the script is super tight um the, mm-hmm. the, you can tell the director really had a vision he was trying to execute the performances are great the cinematography is great mm-hmm. the mood's great the score is great and those things all mm-hmm. come together in this film yes and it's yes. tangible yes,
0: it, yes. It, yes, one hundred percent. So let's get like let's uh let's get into kind of fave scenes moments in this movie, um, just to kind of guide us. So, uh, I mean, th- this movie is full of them. I will say, the generally speaking, I think I think the thing that's like overlooked by this movie because it's like I see dead people. Bruce Willis is dead. Like that. That's like that's the the kind of boilerplate of this movie. That's how it's remembered as. That's what it's like kind of pitched as but this movie is like the the actual jump scares of i mean the mood is what's kind of like unsettling about the movie and then like you do have like you know maybe like seven or eight actual really scary kind of like ghost jump scary things which don't come until like 45 minutes into the movie like once it's revealed in the movie that he sees dead people um this movie is like so like uh tender and it's like so raw i find where it's like haley joe osman like talking with bruce willis like their whole relationship like bruce willis is so sad and Haley joe osman is so tortured and um, burdened by this like gift or this this attribute like that to me is like what what blew me away when you were watching it two years ago and also what like it, it, it just, it just, it, it like blows my mind. Like to Haley Jo Osman, first of all, this is, the, there's borderline not an argument here of this is like the best child performance of all time. Um, one of them and his scenes with Bruce Willis, his every scene he's in, but his scenes with Tony, Tony Collette, like, it's just like, I, I, I'm tearing up like at, at almost every scene he has with Tony Collette, like their relationship is so well played, so specific, so, Tender, and then same with Bruce Willis. It's like this movie is remembered, and it's the genre is horror, scary movie. But this movie is like so much more than that, and that that's like really what w- what I found surprising. Um, rewatching it last night, even, but especially two years ago. Um, and so, and, yeah, go ahead. I mean, you're you're covering a lot of ground here.
1: Uh, let I know. Me, let I know. me try to catch up a little bit and say that yeah. this is a horror film. And it's fucking Mm -hmm. scary. It's like, especially when the first time I saw it, I was freaked out by this movie. But it does not fall back on horror devices. In some ways, it actually rejects those. And it's like, Mm. it's a talkie, basically. So when you say, like, it takes a while for, like, scary things to happen, you're right. There's only, like, maybe four or five scare, like, classically scary parts in this movie, in this two-hour movie. But... It's like, and when you say it's tender, I mean, every scene is essentially two people talking. There's not much like action that happens, but yet it is very, very compelling and very effective.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. I, uh, uh, very well put. Um, and, and, you know, even saying that, the fact that it takes, like, 45, 50 minutes to get to, like, a scare, you don't feel that way. I found myself surprised rewatching it that – I'm like uh, – because I was kind of counting. I was, like, watching it, you know, like, it was my third technical viewing of the movie. And I found myself, like, analyzing it a little bit more uh, or being in, in a place to ab- – like, able to analyze it a little bit more. And, like, it was – um and that's what the only time I realized that it like took that long to actually get to like, quote unquote, like traditional scary parts. But I think you're right in regards to like this mood is this movie is so about mood because it is like a very unsettling tone and you're very on edge like the whole time. Um Okay, so if we want to start breaking down specific scenes, I think from The Jump, I love the opening moment of this movie. I love it like I love the type of opening to a movie where it's like a little scene that just kind of hints at the feeling that the movie's about, like a universal feeling. It's like we can all relate to being in the cold basement, needing to grab something and just getting this chill and kind of freaked out and running up the up the stairs. Like that's like such a poetic uh and and concise being like we all know that feeling and this is what this movie is about and i love that uh about about the opening of this movie it like sets the tone like perfectly right away and then we get into it um yes and like i mean like we could almost go scene for scene in this movie uh there's like something in every scene at least one thing in every scene i think that's like great or, or or notable um but even just like the the introduction to his character and we get like the the shot that's like of the framed plaque and his and her reflection in it it's just like that's like kind of spielbergian which was like a big um when this movie came out and in the in the in the months after like m night shyamalan was like kind of like do we have our next spielberg um that was like a, a thing that was uh, thrown around and i feel like is has since been lost in in the kind of trajectory that his career has taken since but that was a thing and you can see why watching this movie classic Donnie Wahlberg unrecognizable Donnie Wahlberg unrecognizable uh, it took me like a few minutes of scrolling around to figure out okay but 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 hang on. as we're saying this I realize I'm saying this is good because like everybody says this but now I'm realizing like where the fuck am I going to recognize Donnie Wahlberg from was he the one that was in um 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 new kids on the block yeah oh okay i mean i was new kids on the block was like slightly before my time like my older cousin was super into them but i only know them from like the new kids on the block slippers that she had oh right yes yeah so i would say donnie donnie Wahlberg was also unrecognizable in my in my cousin ashley's (laughs) slippers all right so
1: let's get back to um let's get back to we're talking about scenes that we liked you know
0: (laughs) sorry i'm a i'm a Bad host. No, yes, you're Seems. in
1: charge today, so you got to you got to keep this thing on track here. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, okay, so um, you you so one thing I want to say is that you said that it takes 50 minutes to get in. Actually, I don't want to say like that. an actual. I don't want to say that yet uh, because then I want after this. I wanna, I think we should talk about favorite scary part of this movie because I think there's Ooh. kind of a wide spectrum of, of directions you can go, but I digress. Yeah. Uh, one scene I really like, uh, and talking about, a, a, a tone setter is the scene when, uh, Bruce Willis and Haley Osment. Can you refresh me of character names, please? Uh, Bruce Willis is Malcolm and Haley Osmond is Cole Malcolm and Cole. When Mel's Malc- seer, when Malcolm and Cole are playing the mind reading game. Yep. Um, not only is this effective in sort of creating their relationship and giving us exposition in a fairly elegant way, but it's intercut mm-hmm. with the scene where Tony Collette, Cole's mom is cleaning. Oof. Yeah. And that scene. So these two scenes together, I love because the Tony Collette scene is like, it's setting you up for a classic horror device Mm. basically she puts Mm -hmm. the headphones on she can't hear what's going on around her the cameras start getting super tight the angle starts getting super tight and you are expecting a a pop-out edit right like a scary definitely thing to happen but then the scary thing to happen is actually just like completely psychological at the end when she finds the writing and so i think that kind of you know like you know plants its flag in the ground the film plants its and flag in the ground saying like, yes, this is a horror film, but this is a psychological horror film and we're not going to play the classic horror games. And it's actually going to be way more effective and way more scary because of this.
0: Yes. Very good. Like that a lot. And very true. And it also doesn't feel like, um, a sellout either. Or like, a like it, it like it, it, it's unexpected, but it's also not like a cop out of like, Oh, that was disappointing. It's like legit, like scary in its own its own way um very good very good um I what i found go ahead well i i mean i like i found myself um i mean the yeah well what were you gonna ask i was gonna ask was at what f- point in the movie are you
1: most scared
0: yes so i uh i've the the ghost stuff was horrifying to me when I first saw this because it really does a good job of like, like when that woman is uh, in the kitchen, that's like, that's fucked up. That's really fucked up shit. Like her attitude and stuff and her voice, like anytime there's like a maternal evil uh, okay, element yeah. happening, I I, that, that, I don't know if that's like specifically personal to me, but I find that like completely horrifying um, and like, it, 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 like, it does a very good job of like him being like mama, like, and you're kind of like, okay. And again, going back to like putting yourself in the mind of seeing this for the first time and not only that necessarily, but can you just imagine seeing this movie, not only like opening weekend, but can you imagine seeing a sneak preview of this movie when you didn't know anything about it? Like you didn't even know that he sees dead people. Cause the movie is written in a way where it's like him seeing dead people, you you as the audience don't know that technically until he says that, which is later in the film. And so it's like, if you saw this movie truly knowing nothing about it, your mind would be blown away. Like it would be like, I think 10 times, I mean, the movie is bulletproof and is great, but I'm so jealous of like, if ever there was a case of like not knowing anything about a movie, it's this one. Because it's like, It's great, even knowing everything about it. But I found myself similar to what you were saying earlier, of like not only putting myself in the place of seeing this movie for the first time, but but like truly like knowing nothing about this movie. And so like when you get to the ghosts, when you get to the dead people, it's like, and it does this like almost every dead person he sees, where it's like you see someone and it's like you're not sure you think they're a real, you think they're like a, a, a normal like. Living person, and then it's like they'll turn and reveal that they're dead, and it's like really, like oh, oh, like really unnerving. And so with the 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 maternal, like the mom in the kitchen, horrifying, and specifically when he runs to the tent, there's just a brief like half second shot where it's like you can see that he's like closing the curtains or adjusting the curtains on the tent, and you can see it like her through the tent, and she's at the end of the hallway facing him, and it's like that is all that is nightmare. 101 um but similar with the uh uh the the kid like you want to see my dad's gun and the uh, oh god god um yeah yeah Um, but the mom scene it's it is
1: really scary uh uh but but it's like nothing even like scary happens in it nothing pops out of a dark corner there's no blood it's just fucking no. it's just fucking freaky and the same with like so simple like I so I, in my opinion the uh, one of the scariest things one of the scariest scenes of the film which happens early on is when she goes to change his his clip-on tie and goes to the laundry mm-hmm. and then comes back in the mm-hmm. kitchen all the cabinets are open like yeah that's it's super simple there's nothing like even if you read the script you'd be like and and then she comes back and every cabinet is open it it doesn't seem that scary but it's there's something so unsettling about it and it's all like i really admire the the way he plays with like uh like spatial geography right because that's Mm. all like one take and there's there's really like um it's just a reveal with a camera movement. It's not through editing. It's not through darkness, it's not through special effects. It's not through visual effects. It's just like the camera goes with her to the laundry and comes back in and everything's open and you can tell that he's like freaked
0: out and yeah. it makes the hair on your neck stand up. It really does. It really does. And like, it's such a night. Nice, I mean like, Oh God. Cause it is like, so rewatchable because like you can watch it like knowing that that's going to happen and like watching that moment, rewatching it like you can see, you can just like focus on him and just see and know that he like how tortured he is. Like, it's like, God, he's like probably he's seeing that woman. And the movie does such a good job of like, because it, it like sticks with the audience with like the, just like the information that they have. So at that point we don't know technically that he sees dead people. So like, him being tense is like we're not necessarily gonna notice that or that's just gonna be like a it's like wh- what is it does this kid have psychic powers like he seems to be disturbed like that whole element of like Bruce Willis being like this kid is psychologically disturbed is like i have a hard time even noticing that r- watching it, this movie for a third time where it's like because it's just like no he sees dead people like that's that's his thing he sees dead people but then you forget it's like yeah it's like it's like teed up as like what's this kid's issue is he psychologically disturbed um 100%. 100%. I al- also found the um um the people hanging in the school to be very disturbing. Uh and like what a fucking yeah. I want to get into talking point. Do you have um is that your scariest moment?
1: Um uh, I think that's really good. And again, I'll go back to the spatial geography thing. Like another one that's fucking scary is the Misha Barden scene when she's in the tent with mm. him. Right. Yeah. Which has been, yeah. First of all, it's just, it's just again exposed through a camera movement. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very similar to the penny trick where you are like, have your eyes, you're, you think you're in the safe space of the tent and that the these yeah. dead people can't get in here. And then you're seeing the, the, the clothing clips come undone and the camera pans down to her and yeah, yeah. Man, it's fucking simple, but it
0: is super creepy, one hundred percent. And she's like fucking like puking, like or like vomits coming out of her mouth. It's like that is horrifying shit. And it got me this time too, like watching it, where I was like. Because it's like, yeah, again, yeah, it's like playing on expect, like just visual expectations. Like you're following the clothespins being undone, and you're kind of expecting another one to be undone, and it yeah. doesn't, and then it's just like, bam. Like, or you're it's expecting like, something to be on the outside of the tent. Yes, Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, it's good. Horrifying, <laughs> horrifying. Also, that like whole um, – what's that – I don't know what the, the word for that is called in like screenwriting or story, where it's like you have kind of a like – for lack of a better term, there's like the global mission of the movie, which is like, what's, Halo you know, issue, Bruce Willis kind of being a shepherd to him, but then like the local issue that like comes up of just like helping this one dead person kind of, um, yeah, I guess you could call, I guess like maybe a set piece or something like that set piece. Yeah. Um, and this one, I mean like him, like helping Misha Barton's character is like, that's a it's it, it really is like a that could so easily kind of like take away from the movie because it is like a jolt. Like it's like all of a sudden we're in this like kind of episodic like that. I mean, there could be a Sixth Sense TV show that's like Haley Joe Osman like just helping go solve problem, their problems, um, all right, which well,
1: I, yeah. I assumed we were eventually going to nitpick a little bit and I'll jump ahead and give a nitpick. <laughs> and it is in okay. the set piece. That it's sort of like, I like it, and I like, I really like the mood. I really like the the wallpaper, the wake, how the camera travels around the room, and you just start picking up little pieces of con conversation. So like, the it's not like the filmmaking's bad, but in this particular scene, I'm sort of just like, what? I don't, I don't get it. I get that we need to. The important thing is Haley Joel Osment. Cole listens to a ghost, understands what the ghost mm-hmm. wants, and helps the ghost. But there's mm-hmm. like a million ways you can do that. In this specific one, it's just sort of like, I don't know. I don't like. I don't get why uh, the mom was poisoning the daughter. It's it's creepy, but like I don't really get it. And I don't get why the tape is in like this haunted box. And I don't get why the dad watches the tape at the wake. And I don't get what the mom's fucking point in front of everyone. I don't get the mom's fucking point was in the whole thing. And so this is one little like six minute sequence where things are not firing
0: at the same level as they are throughout most of the rest of the film, in my opinion. Would agree. Would agree. I feel like on the first viewing, it doesn't like stand out or like you I wouldn't notice it but on rewatches I feel like that it that is the thing that kind of stands out more and more where it's like okay can maybe fa- fast forward through this part take it or leave it um and can Misha yes, Barton like just fast be like with...
1: hanging out in her room normally like why does she have to be like under the bed grabbing ankles and shit
0: well let's uh let's get let's get into unless you have like another particular like fave scene let's get into talking points because this is like a a pretty good one Lead i in. think that it, uh, for my money perhaps the the, the thing that like the ele- one, one singular element of this movie that i'm like th- th- this is a trans it's transcendent and i it's like endlessly um interesting and, and great and original is the reality of ghosts this world where ghosts don't know they're ghosts and um and like are, are are kind of like like have their like own business at their what's what's the quote? They only see what they want to see, and they don't know they're dead. That is like, and the fact that Bruce Willis is that is like so. It's great. It's like it's a ghost story told from the perspective of a ghost who doesn't know he's a ghost. Is like there are like there are two different movies happening here. One is the one that like the audience is, is thinks they're watching upon like not knowing anything about the movie. The second is a, it's like, it is a ghost story and it is like, and it's told from a perspective of a ghost who doesn't know these guys. And it's like, it's like ghosts only seeing what they want to see and watching this movie from like that perspective of like Bruce Willis, uh, man. And like, to think like, it's just, it's, it's really moving. I find where it's like, it's like he is a the deceased husband to this woman and like he's sitting at the table with her at their anniversary that he like forgot about and he's like watching her like maybe develop a new relationship and he like breaks the window like all this stuff and like him talking to her at the end in her sleep and that's how like ghosts communicate to like with the living it's just so elegant and so poetic i i i mean i like to me it's like that is uh, that is a like kind of an endless pool of of like that is a Ground Zero brilliant idea well, and it
1: also like it protects the movie from any sort of like major plot uh, issues or nitpicking also because mm. it's like yeah why doesn't like doesn't Bruce doesn't uh, Malcolm notice that his wife literally never talks to him doesn't he notice that he's like not eating anything doesn't he notice that like he doesn't interact with any sort of object? Um, but this it's, but it's an elegant line and it sort of like elegantly explains all that stuff away for us and you don't get, so you don't get stuck in, in trying to poke holes in the game, you know, like you would maybe in another movie with a twist like this.
0: Totally. And truth be told, I forgot about that line and that like justification rewatching it last night and so as up until that point i was kind of like oh yeah is like bruce is there a thing like bruce willis is just like kind of like foggy and kind of confused and that's the thing i don't know how i forgot that like justification but like as soon as it came i was like god fucking damn it that's brilliant it's fucking brilliant man and like it's such a rich reality of like ghosts who don't they don't know their ghosts oh god I, i fucking that love it man yeah
1: and that that scene i feel like that scene has been you know Parodied and cliched, and is in the trailer, and um, that's right problematic um, for the the legacy of that scene. And so there's like a lot of like you know like I don't know I see dead people. Roll your eyes sort of reaction to it, but the the meat the meat of that scene is like that's a great that's a great part of this movie. When Haley Joel mm-hmm. Oz, when Cole explains, you know, what he's inflicted with and, and, and Malcolm explains what he's inflicted with. And yeah, there's just something so, um, you know, there's such like, a, it, it's like the first moment where you understand that Bruce Willis, Malcolm is sort of freaked out by this kid. And there's like, just like mm. a lot of subtlety, in that whole in that whole part of the movie um and that's one of my mm-hmm. favorite scenes and i wish it could be in a vacuum away from from pop culture
0: yeah yeah and i think i mean there's this weird th- drawing the titanic parallel again i also think it is like this it, it is also a sign like when uh, when a scene becomes i'll say stratospherically iconic it, 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 the, the, the like collateral damage of that is that it like it 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 it's meaning is diluted or warped to the general public just like on a mass level just it, because it com- becomes a like kind of a cheap reference but it's like also like the highest compliment too like if that's happening because it's like it does like that means the scene has something and i think you're totally right where it's like you know watching jack never let go like i found that to be like Oh, this this means something in the movie that's like really beautiful and like similar with I see this icy dead people scene where it's like there's so many elements of it like Bruce Willis and Bruce Willis like even like revealing like maybe I feel like if I if I help you I'm helping that other boy I was like God damn that's so good uh, yeah it, it it's it's great it's it's phenomenal take me take um, me through more
1: talking points
0: yeah okay so um, let's think here okay so. There's also and also a sign of a great movie where it's just like there are like, I'll say for just to throw out a number, probably five layers operating at all times with this movie that you can like watch it and then appreciate it on, watching it where it's like also like Haley Joe Osmond uh, of Cole's character just being like this like sponge for people's like grief and trauma and like him having to absorb that and like the burden of that, like it operates on that level really well too, where it's like all these people, like, uh, I mean, I mean, we miss this scene in the, in the fave scenes, but I mean, it it goes without saying, but like the scene between him and Tony Collette at the end in the car is like, I also iconic. Uh, and also for my money, maybe my favorite scene in the movie. Um, and also represents i think like it it closes the movie so well in regards to like also just like this is what's this is what the movie's been there's like a slight element like a slight jump scare and unsettling kind of gory like quick image but also like you're moved to it's just deeply moving i'm not sure like if you're crying necessarily i am and it's fucking it's just beautiful and like i think like the layer of this movie that I also really appreciated on is that, like, here's a boy. It's, like, about grief. It's about trauma. And, like, it, it, it operates, like, I, I truly, like, in recommending this movie to people, I I often, I'm glad you said, like, this is a scary movie. Because it is. But I truly kind of forget that. Because I think it's just, like, these other psychological, just these really meaty um, interpretations of it are what I, I see in this movie or I choose to see in this movie. Whereas like the scare, it's like, yeah, take or leave the scares. They're great. But like, for me, it's like this, like the movie is so meaty and it's like themes and like Haley, Joe Osmond being like a, basically just like a martyr for like grief and trauma. And just having been like an eight year old who's just like tasked with that and burned burden with that and walking around the earth with that is like, again, such a, like on its own, such a rich, premise and such a rich character like if you were to write that sentence down it's like oh god this like has so much promise to it and like exploring this and the fact that it's combined with like two other things that are fucking like fucking once in a generation brilliant that, ideas is just insane did you
1: notice something happening with
0: the light in that
1: scene yes if it like the like oh like the cloud going over the sun sort of effect yes and i was thinking yeah. like okay that's that's pec- like that's a st- yeah that's a peculiar uh decision to make but then i thought oh my god we haven't seen the sunlight all movie you know we've leaned into this like dreary it always Mm. looks like it's about to rain in this particular Mm. setting of philadelphia and it's like this this the the sun trying to peek out um is like a perfect visual uh light representation for what is
0: happening in this scene yes Dude, I'm so glad you said that. I like wouldn't have remembered that. And it is like oh, God, that's so good and so subtle too. Um also I know M. Night Shyamalan is like a huge like a big Philly guy, and all of his movies are like set in Philly or the surrounding area. But I I love the justification going back to like how airtight this story and script is. The fact that it's like Philadelphia, why is it Philadelphia? Well, because it's one of the oldest cities in the country. Therefore it has the most ghosts in history. It's like fucking just a brilliant little touch and justification for why Philly. Um, how about you? You got any, any talking points? <sighs> talking points. Um, and we can also like, I mean, like I'm sticking to sort of, um, six sense here. I mean, we can, we can briefly, uh, do a, an M night Shyamalan career tangent if we want. Um,
1: I think that – I have some talking points about twists, this twist and twists, but I think that's more apt for the end of the podcast, like it comes at the end of the movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just think, like, the – I think that uh, M caught a little lightning in a bottle here, and this whole thing is just – the script is really, like, nicely wound and – like I said before, it's just it's just a bunch of talking it's just a bunch of scenes of two people talking, but it's it's super compelling. And he like he gives you just enough exposition that you're not like rolling your eyes being like, Let's get through this exposition scene. Uh it's not annoying. You know, but there's just so much it, it's never really talked about explicitly why dad left. Uh why Mom died, how Mom died, uh, how what Mom and uh, her mother's relationship was like,, uh, how old she was when she had the kid, uh, why they're the type of divorce family where everything is, um, you know, tough and money's tight, but they still have like this little puppy line around. And yeah. like, there's all this just there's just so much substance there without being like leaning into these cliches or, or yeah, beating you over the head with just fleshing characters out that you just like really feel like you like them. And that, I mean, that that is like that is a, uh, a, a an essential part of telling a horror story, you know, that like you need to quickly identify with these kids, maybe not identify, but you need to quickly emp- empathize with these characters. And yes. he does a really good job of doing
0: that in, in an elegant way. Yeah, easy to overlook, and such a good point. Also, like the puppy in this movie, like uh, like rewatching it this time, I was like, I have no memory of this puppy, and it almost seems uh, inconsistent. Like, yeah, with like the context in their life, and with the, and why is it a puppy? Like, it's a puppy. Like, they seem very used to this puppy. Um, well, see, I like for a puppy. I Read it as
1: like. Um, There's this mom
0: who had this
1: kid when she was way too young. The dad left. The kid is tortured. Mm -hmm. She can't, uh, the kid can't be honest with her. And she doesn't, and she undoubtedly loves this kid to pieces, but Mm -hmm. doesn't know how to handle him. And I totally see uh, two months before the movie started, uh, in one of his tortured, sad little phases, her bringing a puppy
0: home, trying to make things better. You know, I, I love that. That's beautiful. Uh, as we're talking, I will posit a different theory. The puppy is dead oh. because d- does the mom, does Tony Collette ever acknowledge this dog? I don't know. I don't know. Another, I mean, another reason the puppy's to re- in this movie.
1: The laundry and like interacting with the laundry where Bruce Willis doesn't interact with anything in this movie, you know? Except the door handle, basically, and everything else is like his shit, like his papers. But I even noticed like really elegantly, when you know the twist, that he doesn't, Mm -hmm. when he sits down at the uh, table at the Italian restaurant, like Mm -hmm. he somehow Mm -hmm. does so without moving the chair, and he like slides in nicely. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I forgot why I was talking about this, but...
0: That's good. No, yeah, because it's like it basically comes down to does the laundry move when the dog exactly, is yes, uh, that's... around there? <laughs> Dude, I really like the, I really like this interpretation now, though, like how oh God, I mean, truly, even like thinking about this now, just briefly, this is I mean, it's teed up. It, like you can make a a I I feel like a great television series, psychological, like thrilling television series where it's like a boy who sees dead people with his dog who's a who's a dead dog but it's kind of his sidekick it's cute yeah and they just like go around helping dead people resolve trauma the seventh sense the seventh sense man that's that, that 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 pilot is has been if not like shot and and made it's it, the script is cut out this there. I mean, part out like, let's write it yeah again man we this is In always spec. very fruitful for yeah. like yeah. <laughs> so i have this idea um 100 that's uh, a really good point and i think like the um yes what was i going to say the yeah Mm, yeah also i mean just like on like a filmmaking level it just feels like everything is I, i know we kind of already referenced this but it's so elegant like even the birthday party scene where the red balloon and red is like the motif of this movie i feel like that was like a big um
1: a little heavy handed for of- my you know like for my taste like a little like um I like having motifs like that but it's kind of like it feels like real 90s real hollywood uh okay. yeah like uh kind of over the top just like a little a little a little thick you know or it could be yeah yeah yeah. you know maybe i I, I think just the door handle is the one that kills me because it's so out of place where everything else you could kind of like nicely blend justify yeah yeah i really like the dial of the tape recorder turning more and more red the louder
0: it gets Yeah, yeah 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 i mean that's that's really really nice um yeah and like the red balloon like floating up to the top of the staircase like that's that, that, that I mean I I just find that like so poetic. Uh I'm gonna stop saying poetic. <laughs> it, I, I liked it. I thought it was cool. Um yeah. Also the DVD for this movie I felt like along with The Matrix and Austin Power's International Man of Mystery were like standard issue for like people of our generation. Um like every friend had like if not all three at least one of those movies on DVD. Definitely. Yeah. And I feel like the special special features of this movie I, as i'm saying this i realize i'm like regurgitating like borderline propaganda one of the special features where they break down like the 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 role of the color red in this movie and i think it was like one of the first times i was like made aware of like motifs and like cinematography in like a, a articulate way and therefore like i'm like this is like been playing on a loop in my mind for the past 20 <laughs> yeah. years where it's like well if you look closely pay attention to the color red in the six you know what you the
1: know? It, the 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 red motif is a bit idiot's masterpiece for me to to go back to a, a classic okay. uh, <laughs> the oscar one two term
0: yeah armchair cinematographer <laughs> yeah well you know yeah that's like a dad at, at the dinner table anytime six cents comes up <laughs> that's the talking point absolutely um well, real quick, I mean, I do want to talk just, like, if while we're on talking points about just, like, M. Night Shyamalan because it's, like, you know, say what you want about his now 20-plus year career, which I disengaged with sort of after The Village, not out of any sort of, like, conscious sort of, like, decision, but just, like, that I just did, um... There's a reason, like, going back to this movie, like, this is... He made an all-time classic movie on a writing, directing, story, acting level. Like, it's just an, an absolute all-timer. Uh, and it's wild that, like... It's resulted in a very, like, hit-or-miss career. But it's like he's had he's had some, like, great movies, like, very good movies since then. Um, a lot of really bad ones. And it's wild to me... It's like if you forget about The Sixth Sense and forget about the greatness of this movie, I feel like it's easy to forget why he's still. And this isn't like The Sixth Sense isn't the sole reason he's still able to, like, you know, fund and make a, a big budget movie. But if it were, I, I think it's justified where it's like he's he's like hit just enough times where it's like since then where it's like, yeah, we can still we can still be doing this. And it's like he's a very singular filmmaker. Um I feel like him becoming like the twist twist endings becoming kind of his like trademark is one of the cheaper results of of what you would hope for from the 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 maker behind a movie like this. Um, but that being said, I saw Old, his newest movie, this uh, like a, a couple months ago, and it's the first movie of his I've seen since The Village, um, and it was bad. It was really bad. And uh, uh, watching Six Sense. After having seen old recently, it's it's it is surprising if you were to tell me or the audience of like what the film like the movies that he was going to put out uh, while they were like seeing Sixth Sense or after Sixth Sense, it is very surprising and it's weird. Uh, it's a strange trajectory. I don't know. I the the talking point like that I would tell people is that like I had heard that like this the Sixth Sense went through something like forty drafts like an absurd asinine amount of, uh, of drafts which is like why it's like it, it is what it is and it also justifies like okay like that's why like his movies haven't been as good since arguably uh is because like he just isn't held to that like 40 drafts uh you know ethic um but now that i'm looking at it here it's like i don't i'm not seeing that fact anywhere uh online so i think like I don't know that that's true. I, d- I just feel like maybe Fear there's like some semblance of like the middle where it's like he was a hungry filmmaker who was like fucking getting after it. He's uh, also like uh, twenty nine
1: when he made this.
0: It's insane. And that's insane. We've
1: either uh talked about it at length on the podcast or we've talked about it at length on one of our um one of our what do we call it like the graveyard of podcasts. Like the five episodes we did that we never actually released because the RIP, uh, because we had recording pro. I can't remember exactly what it was, but we were learning. We We talked about, uh, yeah, about some filmmakers get better as they have more experience, and some people like use their, uh, hunger or their youthful exuberance or whatever it is, the same way like a lot of songwriters can like. Write brilliant songs when they're 20 years old, but once they are like successful, better musicians have more money, have more time to write songs, et cetera, et cetera, cannot recapture that same magic. So it's like this, this is not like a unprecedented um, phenomenon that that mm-hmm. he made a better film when he was younger. But I, I guess what what I see with him is that he always like try to go back to make like a similar meal but he just like never had anywhere close to the as good of ingredients and yeah and 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 then it became sort of tired this this like not everything has to have a twist and like yeah i mean twists you have to do in a certain way you can't dedicate a whole film to set up a twist right Yeah, And I guess, uh, do you want to segue into twist now or do you want to talk about, is there
0: something else? Let's talk, let's talk twist. Cause no, let's talk about twist. This is organic and.
1: Yeah. So you can't
0: do it. You you run into problems when
1: your entire story is operating at a mechanism to eventually fulfill the twist you want to tell. Mm-hmm. and what's so great about this movie is that it isn't doing that and that's what is that what makes mm-hmm. that's what makes the twist so good you cut the the movie's over if the movie's over after the scene in the car and credits you're like that movie's great you know like yeah. you don't need yep. the yep. twist to 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 justify the whole story and i think some of his other films and i'm not some m night historian but uh yeah some of it, some of it of his other films are more twist focused, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, yeah, which I will say, I really liked the village. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I saw it twice in theaters and I, I think village gets a bad rap. Uh, if we ever do it in the, on the podcast, I, uh, I don't have a lot to say about it other than that. I like it. And I think it was, it was, it's, it's, um, uh, problem was that it was, uh, marketed, uh, incorrectly. Okay. um, but uh that's neither here nor there. Let's uh quickly move on to splitting hairs. I wait. Okay, twists, twists. We're not twist. are you done no, with twists.
1: You have nothing else to say about this twist.
0: I mean, um, the twist is great. I think like you're you're you are totally right. Where it's like the, it is like it is wild. Where it's like the movie operates without the twist, and it's still a very 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 good and satisfying movie. And the twist is like you got to be fucking kidding me. Like that's where we get in the stratosphere. Sure. And like the reason why this movie is a classic, like that's the, the the element that put everything up. But I maybe this is
1: another nice little segue because the twist, I also have some nitpicks with it and the twists. I, I feel like that twist scene is a little uh, idiot masterpiece also where it's like, it's just okay. laying the whole thing on a little too thick it's a little bit too 90s it's a little bit too many flashbacks a little too, too over explained and yeah i think it would be much more elegant and this is where we're using a lot with this movie but this is an elegant movie it's probably one of the most elegant horror films yeah. made it's a ballet and yeah and but here let me pitch a different ending to you okay, okay. Ooh, i like this bring it on like okay. So maybe you change the editing a little bit where there's the car scene and then him and Malcolm and Cole are saying goodbye after the school play, right? Okay. And yeah. then uh, he goes back. Uh, Malcolm goes outside and he's been wearing the same fucking clothes all movie. Did you notice this? Yeah. Yes, I did it halfway and through. Yeah. The sun yes. comes out for the first time and mm-hmm. he takes off his jacket and walks away from camera. And then you see like the blood still on the
0: back of his shirt like pooling up and credits. I'm going to need a moment with that. I'm going to need a moment with that because that, I mean that, I mean hearing that as an alt pitch, it, it like floors me, but also that's a very specific, like does that actually work and need no other explanation in a big budget movie? Uh, Fuck, fuck big budget. D- Does that actually work as a complete? And do we get the car scene with him and the mom after that?
1: Uh, no. Well, I don't know how you, however you want to do it. Yeah, you could do that. You could do it that way,
0: man. So and it just, just so you're like, but, but but, audience... but, but, but he go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I mean, just thinking out loud, it, like he, it, it, you, you know, we don't get any of him, Then it's sort of up in the air. It's like, did he know he was a ghost? But I guess it's like, no, it's like you would you would realize that like based on the rules of the movie, he didn't know he was a ghost, but you just wouldn't realize it at that particular moment. That is very elegant. That is shocking. That is fucking. And instead of going like and he was
1: dead the whole time, it's more like, yeah, wait, huh? Yeah, but no, wait, he definitely talked to the wait no he didn't talk to the mom and like to just let this whole thing unfold a little bit more <sighs> organically
0: yeah yeah i mean as we're talking about this the way that it, the 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 um twist is revealed is very hollywood like it is very over the top it is very spoon fed it is like to me it's like it's probably a producer note is like my guess. Like it's a producer note. Like you need to like spell this the fuck out and walk the audience through this. And that it is really clunky. And like watching it now, it is like, ooh, like that is like I didn't remember there being flashbacks. Yeah. Like in the reveal. And that is like really cheap. And flashback and like over the
1: voiceovers too, to, you know?
0: Like oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. I mean, like, but Plain Devil's Advocate is that because it was so spoon-fed and spelled out that 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 doesn't hold up very well at all. But is it, without that spoon-fed twist, is the movie as successful and, like, culturally impactful as it was? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Fuck. I really don't know. And I'm not saying that in a fucking, like, in a fucking passive, like, it's not. I mean that I genuinely don't know because, like, yeah, that that is a more elegant way of putting it. Also, I mean, being nitpicky to that, like we as the yeah we as the audience haven't seen the like did we we didn't see exactly where he was shot. We didn't see the pool of blood on the back of his back until like the flashbacks and the end the twist ending. So that's even more deduction that we have to do. And like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. But you're telling. I, I mean, me I agree. You'd be like, you'd sit there and you'd be like, I don't, I don't get it. Did, is he? Is I, he is I like he to think. Again no, 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 no. Something? No, I, no, no, no. I, I, I mean, I would understand that. I feel like general audiences, like, truly, like everybody, everybody, like, dug this movie. Like, I don't know that it has that reach. If it's like a more elegant, if it was a more elegant way, I don't know. I don't know. You don't. It, know. So look, look here. Here's what I agree with: is that it could have been done more elegantly. How how that reveal is? You have a, you 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 propose a very good alternative. My hesitancy is I don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it needs to be explored a little bit more. But I but I but I do like because where your
1: head's even at. and go back to my original point about twists and why this is a good twist. Even if you don't
0: get it, it's still a good movie, like a really really good movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But fuck. fuck. We'll, yeah. <laughs> It's just also, it's confusing, too, because the twist and the whole, like, like you know, kind of, like, eyes wide, like, huh? Flashback. <laughs> huh? Exactly. Flashback is itself so iconic at this point. Um, Him backing into, like, the wall, like, s- some slow motion, surely, in there. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like, because it's like, now it's like, that itself is so iconic that it's hard to, like, be like, you know, can it be different? Yes, it can. It can definitely be more elegant. Yeah. I don't know. But um that leads us organically quickly into splitting hairs. Uh if you have any more. I've gone over mine. I'm with you on the uh the sort of set piece Misha Barton uh problem solve is like a little like clunky and the flashback is cheesy. Although I will say I I it it's like kind of come full circle, the cheesiness to being like, because it is so iconic, I don't mind it, but I was shocked upon this rewatch of like, Oh, I don't remember there being flashbacks. Um, uh, um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Splitting hairs. I think final one is don't like the slow motion. They do it a few different times and it feels just like, yeah. so like over dramatic. Uh,
0: um, yeah. Her pulling him out of like the cupboard. Yeah. yeah. Just, I think it's all,
1: it's all, it's all working without that. Um,
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm and then yeah mvp i gotta go m night Shyamalan. i mean like it it's it's his it's him i mean like it this is everything we're seeing is like from his brain and uh it really is in regards to like a like kind of uh breakthrough new artistic filmmaker. maker like it it Watch it now, it's just, it's fucking magical, man. The promise of it is just insane. So I gotta go, I gotta go with M. How about you, who's MVP? Um, I want to, in this
1: process, give a quick shout out to the production designer. Really cohesive. Hmm. So the production designer is like, you know, basically creating the design, the visual look of the production, what is being captured on on camera. And, like, just really nice, cohesive. A lot of this is taking place interiors, um, but it's working in a, in a nice way. And I really a lot, I love the wallpaper. I love the, like, mm-hmm. sort of, like, I don't know, worn walls in their apartment and just, like, the stains and, like, it's nice. Uh, also, mm-hmm. quick shout-out to Bruce Willis, who I know he does not strike me as someone who even, like, cares about acting, you know, like, can you imagine yes. him, like, taking notes or, like, going to, like, actor class? Yeah, okay, kid. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, absolutely. But, like, the flippancy works perfectly for this movie because he just needs mm-hmm. to be, like, a, he needs to be, like, an observer. A, and these things need to happen around him.
0: Uh, on that note, that, you know, the I See Dead People iconic scene, I was struck. When, oof, when Haley Joe Osman, he's like, how do you know I'm sad? And he says, "Your eyes tell me it's just like fucking Christ." But watching uh, Bruce Willis in that scene, it's like, "Oh yeah, like like his eyes are like he's really he's great in that scene. He's great." And you start to you get the
1: first just like, and I think I'm repeating myself, but you get the first just split second of him of you being like, "He needs to get rid of this client. You know, he can't handle this client. He thinks he's crazy. Mm. You know." Mm. Um, and it's just like oh, this, like God, you know, just this tiny. So, I, I, I've, obviously, Tony Collette is great, nominated for an Oscar. Haley uh, Joel Osment, great, nominated for an Oscar. Bruce Willis, I think you know he gets kind of tossed aside a little bit when you talk about the good performances in this movie, but he's really he's perfect great. for it. My MVP, though, not a hot take. Haley Joel Osment. If this, I mean, this could go so wrong yeah. so quickly. Yeah. with a. Uh, less, uh, yeah, tender performance from the kid. You know, if the kid just went over the top too much, the whole thing. I'm not saying it falls apart, but it's not. Uh, it, it it doesn't have its place in the zeitgeist like it does. One hundred
0: percent. Great, great point. And what a crazy thing! I was also like watching this movie, reminded of like how fucking great he is in Forrest Gump as well. And it's like a crazy. The, the the concept of a child actor like a, a, a like all time like great child actor is like a really it that's a crazy concept where it's just like if we're looking at the big picture it's like the thing I'll, I'll use this language the thing you were put on earth to do you could only do from your earliest years for about 15 years and like i like and i don't even know if that's true for him i love like i love the idea of like maybe i don't know if he's i, I think he's still acting i think he's like returned to acting or took a break and has returned i think i hope he has like a, a great movie great movies left but if this is all he's done if this is his legacy you know and 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 the way it's looking at it is that it will be that's a really wild concept that's a really wild thing because it is like there is a sadness to that but then like thinking about it, it's like what a gift that he like gave to like to to the world like he really is like I'm like you know watching this movie I'm like could tear up almost at every scene that he's in he just sure. plays it so well and you just like want to hug this kid like he's just tortured and it's so moving he really is phenomenal
1: um yeah child uh, actors crazy. Also, okay. just how crazy how few of them make it to the other side. Even if they even if they even want yeah. to, who knows how many
0: of yeah. them don't make it to right. the other side because they're like, "fuck it." Um, are you real quick? Are you defining other side as a, a, like an adult acting career yes. or just like got you? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: Especially boys. Especially boys. Especially boys. Seems like hmm. there's a few girls with like who give me some examples here.
0: Uh, we got um, Dakota, Dakota Fanning. Fanning. Yeah, uh, Anna uh, Paquin. Uh, Anna Paquin for sure. Um, it, it, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst, Dunst yeah. yeah. Less so with boys. I feel like they have a harder time getting out of puberty unscathed. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, F- I feel like there's a lot more tattoos with the uh, the boy yeah, male actors. Definitely, child actors. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's like, uh, yeah yeah it's a that's a that's a it's a crazy that's a crazy little world that i know very little about but like gotta be just insane. who's your l v p um ooh uh and that stands for most lovable player j k um l. v p is probably fudge i mean you
1: got one I think the, the, um, the guy moving in on his wife is, I mean, it's surely by design (laughs) that he like sucks as a dude and he has like dressed terribly and uh, (laughs) yeah, he's, uh, he's like such a dweeb. Um, so that's surely by design, but I was just like, who the fuck is this guy?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh. That's real. I will say, um, I don't know, at least valuable isn't coming to mind. I will say I was uh, laughing out loud uh, in a way that felt very intentional when they cut to the cough syrup commercial. Completely forgot about this and so good. Yeah, and
1: just like a point in the movie where you need a little levity. You need just like a little break, you know, from the sure. onslaught yeah. of of just creepiness. Um, so it, yeah, that, that was nice device nice nice placement of that. So good.
0: So good. But still kind of creepy uh, with like the screen grain over it. Yeah. 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 Movies perfect. I mean as perfect as movies can be, I feel like this is uh pacing's is
1: really them. good. That's something else you am gonna say. Um yeah. yeah. Pacing of the story. So yeah, let me uh yeah. you have anything else?
0: any other no I mean I was I I was gonna
1: say with it's been so long well
0: legacy yeah legacy is the other thing but we kind of already talked about that I mean I feel like I mean I mean what 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 can we say that hasn't been said about this movie's legacy I mean oh LVP is the font of the poster
1: (laughs) makes it look very cheap
0: I think (laughs) Fuck man. We could do a whole podcast about the six Sense poster. I remember like God damn dude. I remember seeing this. Cause the one that's like the vertically list, the vertical of list the of the numbers of like the senses. Yeah. And then the sixth Sense is like him walking out of the six. I remember seeing that behind the the ticket counter at the Rosemount Marcus Theater growing up. Um God, that's good. I like right. that. The six <laughs> totally it is wild the power of the the power that posters have over um um like the the branding of a movie because it's like that is like what i remember but when you actually watch the movie itself that like supersedes the movie like like the poster itself like for this it's like this is that that's like i remember this font where it's like when you watch the movie that's not the font also while we're talking about fonts real quick uh the opening credits to this movie where the the um Characters of the font are kind of Separating like steadily expanding as we get them. Uh, I will say, and this is not a joke, although it sounds like one, is old has also really good uh, or unique opening credits that are very similar uh, that is evocative of like early 80s like family dramas, sure. I want to say. Like there's like an ordinary people sort of like – font and feeling to that and so watching this I was like reminded of like oh yeah I remember I like was kind of captivated by the old opening credits and forgot about that uh and I haven't seen enough M. Night Shyamalan movies uh in 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 the past two decades to kind of like pin that but I would venture to guess that uh most of his movies probably have uh that element of like kind of interesting intentional uh thoughtful opening credits which I really dig Um, cool anything uh, anything else so yeah the last and in some ways I feel
1: like we we construct this whole podcast to um, eventually arrive to 1999 which you know maybe that's that's our that's when we walk away from this thing we do 99 and walk away because so I don't want to get too much into 1999 which is just like a great year for Hollywood great year for films big and small Um, like unbelievable year for films, but I do want to bring up yep. one point that uh a film with a very similar twist to this is Fight Club, which also came out in nineteen ninety-nine. And I just mm-hmm. want to say, like, mm-hmm. so nineteen ninety-nine, it's the turn of the century. Um, Y2K is upon us. And mm-hmm. if you made a Venn diagram of the themes of the Sixth Sense Fight Club, the Matrix. Eyes wide shut, American Beauty, and I'm sure I could think of a mm. couple more. There would be a shared mm-hmm. area of the themes of these films, which all came out within a couple, li- literally a couple months of each other, at the very end of the century. Interesting. And so I look forward to g- yeah getting more into that when we finally arrive at <sighs>
0: 1999. Man, the. Uh... My mouth is yeah, watering. Right? I like want to do ninety nine <laughs> now. God damn. Yeah, that's good, man. That's really good. Have we gotta not be like thought, but, but yeah, we
1: gotta be like in shape, you know. You can't like go fucking fight yeah, a heavyweight yeah. bout. Um, yeah, <laughs> yes, and like, not do it uh, justice. Yeah, I've run some stairs and drank some egg yolk yeah. and shit. So For sure.
0: So we'll All get right. there. We got some some reps to do. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm benching But Yeah, just something right now, weird so. about the uh questioning the nature of reality and why that came at the end of the night yeah weird man god damn that's good shit and it's like it's brilliant that those are all different genres too which is like really fun yeah god damn can't wait can't wait love it um cool all right uh well max it's been uh, a great return did not disappoint yeah Um,
1: let's uh you know we don't so i believe that our We're going to go back into the kids' movies to finish up that point, right? Yes, we have a couple. We have a couple, yeah. So I believe next week you'll hear The Sandlot, and then we will do uh, Back to the Future, which is on my Mount Rushmore of movies of all time. Very excited for that episode. Fantastic. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we'll get back into our our normal format from there.
0: Love it. Love it. There's not Um, a...
1: uh, there's no request to make, I suppose, at this moment from listeners, but I would just out right. of curiosity, I think a lot of people have their Halloween movies they kind of fall back on, and so if you're mm-hmm. if you're uh, you know just feeling like like sharing some info with us, I'd love to get a few emails about what Halloween movies people gravitate towards around this time of the year.
0: Absolutely, and I, I referenced this earlier and didn't return to the point, but uh, as someone who aggressively avoided scary movies growing up and then was turned on to them in college and then like progressively more so i uh every time like october september october like the second september 1st hits i'm like gotta be seeing some new scary movies um so any any recommendations people have is appreciated um i will watch them um all right thank you so much for listening please hit the subscribe button on your podcast player and if you have a moment and enjoy the show leave us a good review we'd love to hear from you yeah uh, if you agree with us disagree with us or have any as aforementioned uh horror movie hot takes or any hot takes on film in general uh send us an email or voice memo to the oscar went to at gmail.com and if we think you're onto something we'll play it on an upcoming episode also if you have a film you'd like us to talk about as we said shoot us an email Uh, just feel free to shoot us an email any feedback any uh, film recommendations are always welcome and appreciated Um, and we may just cover it on the next deep dive Max just phenomenal genuinely great to great to be talking about movies with you again and uh, likewise yeah have a happy Halloween have a have a happy Halloween or else that was perfect sign off. fuck